You got your Bibles, lift them up this morning. Repeat after me, and all I ask is that you mean it, okay? This is my Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's word. It's his truth, transforming every part of my life, and I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, it's, it's true right now what we're dealing with in the world. It, it, it's almost overwhelming, and it's almost like I wake up in the morning, and it's like, what happened today? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You just, there, there seems to be this constant flow, and, and one of the things that I've noticed that terror does is it changes the way you think. As opposed to getting up in the morning and walking out and, and, and just going about your day, you kind of walk around looking over your shoulder wondering what's going to happen next. When I turn the radio on, what's going to happen? Or the next text I receive, what's it going to be that somebody's saying? You know, that's kind of this world that all of a sudden we're living in in the last couple of months. And, and it's really bothered me. And what's bothered me about it is, is that I know that God has this response for us as believers, as children of God. How are we to respond in the midst of all this darkness? How are we to respond in the midst of all this chaos? And I want to say this to you today. If you don't get anything out of this, understand this part, okay? God is in control, okay? God is in control, and he has a plan. But the reality of that is you have a part to play in his plan. What are you going to do? You've got, you've got two options right now. You can either bury yourself in the sand. You can either hide behind the walls. You can do what some churches around the country, I promise you, are doing right now. It's almost like there's a physical wall going up around their church. We've got to protect ourselves. We're going to be the last bastion of hope. And that's not how the church is supposed to be at all. The church's job is to be offensive. Our job is to charge the gates of hell. Our job is to respond by bringing hope to the hopeless, by bringing light to the darkness. That is our call. That is what God commands us to do. But here's the deal. You can't give what you don't have. You can't give what you don't have. If the light of Christ is not in you, you can't give that light anywhere else. You can't light up a room if there's no light in you. So as, as someone that's here today, you need to decide, am I a believer? Does Jesus live in here or not? If he does live in here, you need to be shining. Matter of fact, Jesus said, who takes a candle and puts it under a bushel and hides it? He says, no, you let it shine. And that's who we need to be right now. People are desperate for hope. People are scared. People are scared. And here's the, the reality of the positive side of this thing. When people get nervous, they start looking for a lifeline. And guess what, folks? We've got the best lifeline that ever existed. Amen. The hope of the world. And he resides in you. So we're going to talk today about what God's command is for us. How we should be responding. What should be happening in our lives. And I want to tell you today, this is as convicting as me as I'm sure it will be to you, but you need to understand, God has called us, and the reason I titled this, God has called us for such a time as this. The church has got to be the church. And what that means is, is that you need to be the person that God's called you to be because the world needs you. You understand? The world needs you right now. 
You know, Jesus had a response to darkness. Jesus told us how we as Christians should live. This is what he said. You can look in your notes or up on the screen. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. I'm reading out of the Living Bible. Jesus said, you are the world's light. Everybody hold up your finger. Say you. Point to yourself. You're the world's light. Right? You're the world's light. A city on a hill glowing in the night. For all to see. And then he says this statement. You can circle it in your notes. Don't hide your light. Don't hide your light. Let it shine for all. Let your good deeds, which is what this is, let your good deeds glow for everyone to see. Why? So that they will praise your heavenly Father. What we do when we become the light of the world, when we shine, all we're doing is pointing people to Jesus. That's our job because listen to me, folks. You've heard me say this. If you've been here at all, you've probably heard me say this a hundred times. You can't change anybody, but Jesus can. Your job is to point people to Christ. It's not up to you to change your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, or Pookie and them. It's God's job. Your job is simply to get people into Jesus' presence. We sing these songs, and I want you to think about the lyrics of what we're singing. Let the sons and daughters of God arise. Let, it, let the light of God's love shine out of us. Why? Because it's so dark, and people are looking for hope. How many of you have ever walked into a bedroom, bathroom, or anything else, you flipped the switch and nothing came on? You know what I'm talking about? It's dark. And, and you're just looking for something. And you're walking around in there and you don't know what's going on. Y'all have heard me tell the story. I walked in. Our, our bed has got metal frame around it. Upright metal frame. And I walked in one night and it's dark and I didn't want to wake Trisha up. And I'm walking in there and I'm creeping in. And I know those poles are sticking up somewhere. And I'm doing this. You know what happened. Sure as the world, I did this. And my angel pushed me. And... and <laughs> And I mean, I went bong, and the whole bed went oh, 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 oh. My angel's like, ha! <laughs> you right? What's funny is if the light's on, that's not even an issue. You don't even think about it. But when it's dark, even little steps are a big deal. Even little things that, you know, that's my bedroom. But imagine what it's like for people outside of your life, people that don't know Jesus, and everything is dark. Everything is dark. And he calls us to be the light in the world, to be the light of the world, to shine the light of Christ from us and, and light up the world around us. Why? To provide hope for people. But I want to tell you how he does that. And I'm going to clear up some things today because I want everyone to clearly understand what we're talking about today. Listen to me. Look on your notes. You are called to minister. You are called to minister. Now, most of you grew up in church. Many of you did. And my job, people would say, well, well, Chris is the minister of the church. That's actually true, but it's also a misnomer. And the problem is people think, I'm the minister of the church, which means I'm the only minister of the church. That's not true. I'm the pastor of the church, which means shepherd. I'm the shepherd of the church. I'm the leader. That's my job is to lead and to pastor you guys. You are all ministers. You are a minister of the gospel. You say, well, pastor, how is that true? Look at this verse right here. 1 Peter 2 verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Why? That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness 
into his wonderful light. And I want to say this to you today so that everybody clearly understands. Regardless of your job, whether you're retired or you're employed, whether you're a farmer or whether you work for the newspaper, whether you're raising chickens or whether you're a kid in school, you are a minister of the gospel wherever you go. You are in the ministry. You just happen to be employed somewhere else. God calls you to do his kingdom work wherever you are. Why? Because he's placed you in that restaurant so that when people come in, they sense the presence of God. When people are around you at school, they sense the presence of God. When you're in the factory, they sense the presence of God. The restaurant, they sense the presence of God. Why? Because they're not coming to church. They're going to your place of business. They're in school, and they're walking around in darkness, and they're looking for hope. And you have the light of the world inside of you. You have the light of the world inside of you. I'm amazed and dumbfounded and, and And it amazes me at times how I walk around and I see people that are so broken. I see people that are so broken. And you have the opportunity to reach out to them and love on them a little bit. And point them to Jesus. Just love on them. Just take those few minutes. And and what I hear from a lot of you when we talk about this, you say, I don't think about it. I don't think about it. And I'm not saying these things today to condemn you. I'm saying these things that if we want to see change brought in our country, it's going to be by us shining where we are. And that doesn't mean in here, guys. It's not about in here. When you come in here, I want you to get fired up to go out there and shine. Because that's where the darkness is. That's where the darkness is. So your first blank there is you are a minister of the gospel. Wow. But check this out. It doesn't end there. You're a minister of the gospel. Your second blank is with a specific purpose. God has called you with a specific purpose. Ephesians 2.10 says this. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God handcrafted you. You are his workmanship. Caitlin, you're his workmanship. He created you just like you are. Why? For good works that he's prepared you to do. Let me just say this to you guys. There are things that you can do that nobody else can do like you can. There are things that you are specifically made to do that nobody else can. God has gifted you and he's given you different abilities and and relationships around you. God has done those things. Why? So So that you can do some things that he's created you to do. Your job is simply to walk in it and be available for him. You're a minister of the gospel with a specific purpose. Watch this. At this specific time. At this specific time. How many of you have ever said, oh, it's your like, uh, you've heard somebody say, I'd like to go back to the 50s. You ever heard anybody say that? Yeah, I'd like to go back to the 50s. All we had back then was Elvis and Jesus. It was awesome, you know? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's like, really? But, but people have this idea, we, we grandize the past, like, it, you know, and, and we go and we think about in the, in the good old days, right? And the reality is God has created you and placed you here at this specific time for a specific purpose. It's not an accident. It's not an accident. He's called us to be here at this specific time. Ephesians 5, 15 through 16 says this. Look at this. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. And watch this next statement. Circle this. Making the most of every opportunity. 
Why? Because the days are evil. I want to say this. This isn't in my notes, but it's important. There is two kinds of sin. Theologically speaking, there are two kinds of sin. There's the sins of commission, which are the sins you do. I did something wrong, right? I committed a sin. But there's also the sin of omission. And what that is, that's the things we should have done, but we didn't do. You know which one causes more regret? The sins of omission. I wish I would have said this. How many of you have heard somebody say, if I had to do it over again? Why? Because I wish I would have. I wish I would have forgiven that person. I wish I would have fill in the blank. And God has called us and created us at this specific time for these specific purposes to do specific things. Why? To make an eternal difference. It's your last blank. To make an eternal difference. I can't tell you, I can't even begin to tell you how many times over the past few years, just as your pastor, I've heard the stories of people saying, well, all I did was put a pair of shoes on their feet. All I did was say hi to them at the grocery store. I'll, because you don't know what's going on and the hurt that's in people. And you have been in that position where you just wish somebody would call. You just wish somebody would text. You just wish, God, does anybody know I'm here? Does anybody understand what I'm going through? And, and you're going through somewhere and somebody will just pop up in your mind and that's God speaking to you and he's saying, reach out to that person. I can't tell you how many times I've had, I'll just, I'll think about one of you and I'll send you a text. Hey, how you doing? I'm praying for you today. And by the way, I do if I say I'm doing that. I'll stop what I'm doing, I'll pray for you. Why? Because I don't know what you're going through, but God does. And there's so many of us that need to understand God is speaking to us and there's hurting people all around us and God is placing you in positions to reach out to them, Ms. Rossi, reach out to those people and just love on them a little bit. And it's not always about what you say, it's what you do. Buy somebody a meal. You know, just, just do small things. Why? It just lets people know that, man, maybe there is a God. Maybe he is Maybe there's somebody thinking out, and, and you have been the recipient of that before, where somebody just gave you a kind word, and it changed your entire day, because you realized that God was thinking about you. But here's the problem. If you don't respond, it's like you turning your light off, and now they're still in darkness. Jesus says, shine. Shine your light. So how do you find your ministry? How do you find that niche that you walk in? If I'm a minister and if you're a minister, what is it that God has called you to do specifically? How do you find that? Ephesians 5, 11 through 12 says this. Now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. He gave apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. And their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. And let me clear this up for you. Most of you heard this. If you haven't, you need to. The reason there are a lot of churches around the country that have 20 people in them is because the pastor's trying to do everything because that's what everybody thinks he's supposed to be doing. And that's what he or she thinks they're supposed to be doing. That's not biblical. Our job, job, our job, is to equip you to do your job. My job is to help you find what God's called you to do and do it. If it's to make gumbo to feed us, that's what we're doing. Amen, right? 
But that's just it. Because people have gifted. Ricky's back there teaching his Sunday school class. Try to take that class from him. He will hurt you. Why? Because he loves that. That's part of his gifting is to get up and share. He, he and I will talk, I don't know how many times over the years we've said this. I'll get up and preach. He goes, stop it. I'll go, what? He goes, you're preaching my message before I even get in there. <laughs> because God is just do, does that. It's kind of fun thing for he and I to be able to experience. But he loves being able to teach you guys. And I want to tell you something. Jimmy, I love it. Best door greeter on the planet right there, folks, right? Just loving on people. Because you don't know what they're dealing with, man. What's going on in their life is somebody just smiling at them. And it seems like a little thing, but it's huge. It's huge. Just being sensitive to those things with people and say, man, are you doing okay? No, really, are you doing okay? Can I help you? Can I pray with you? And that seems so small to you, but it can change their life. And he's called us to be his hands and feet. And that doesn't mean necessarily going to Africa to preach to throngs of people. It means loving people in the grocery store. And being aware of the people around us. And how we can just allow the light of God to shine to them. Wherever we are. So how does he do it? How does God work on that? And here's here's how he does it. God will use, look at your notes. This is number one on your notes. God will use your gifts and your passions What does that mean? God has equipped each of us with different gifts and abilities, and he's given you those for his use in the kingdom of God. God has gifted you, and he's given you a brain that works a certain way, and he's given you different talents that that allow you to do certain things. He's given you passions, and passions is easily defined as something that makes you laugh, cry, or mad. You're passionate about it. And those are the things in your life God's created you that way. Why? Because he wants to use those gifts and abilities for his kingdom. For his glory. You know, I love when I look at some of the gifts that God gives us. The gift of encouragement. That's a gift. To be able to encourage people. I'm married to one of the greatest encouragers in the world. She believed in me when I was more of an idiot than I am now. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) I forgot you were here. John, anything you can do, just whatever. Just do it. What's interesting is she saw who God had made me before anybody else did. She saw this when nobody did. And the encouragement over the years that she's given me has been amazing. And you think, well, that's such a small thing. No, that ignited the gift that was in me. And God uses the gifts in you to ignite the passions in other people. You are a catalyst, but you have to allow yourself to be used. You have to allow God to use you to change the environment around you. So he uses your gifts and passions. Look at this, Romans 12, 6 through 8. We have different gifts according to the grace that is given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. I love that. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If God's given you the gift of giving, give. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. Watch this. If it is showing mercy, do it cheerfully. That's awesome. 
So God uses your gifts and passions. He's placed those in you. But look what else he's done. Look at number two. God also uses your life experience. The experiences that you've had throughout your entire life, God uses those for his kingdom. God doesn't do anything by accident. And here's the thing. Some of you say, my life is stunk. Pastor, you don't understand what I've gone through. My life has been horrible. But if you will give that to God, my Bible says that he will take everything in our life and he will turn it not just for good but for our good and he'll also use those experiences john for other people he will use our experiences and he'll bless other people with them why let me tell you something this isn't in my notes either but i think it's pretty good if you're fighting cancer you need to talk to somebody that's overcome cancer what'd you do you know, how did you do that? If you, if you want to talk to an expert, you need to find somebody that's overcome some things. You need to find some things that have some experience, and you need to talk to them and say, how did you do that? What did you do? If you want to raise your kids right, you need to find some parents that have done a great job and ask them. Don't ask Pookie and them who are jacked up. You need to ask and seek people that have overcome some things, right? I'm sorry, Josh. That's, it's in the Bible. Check it out. <laughs> But here's the deal. You need to talk to people who have life experience. Why? Because their life experience will inform them, but it'll also help you. And God allows those things, Pam, to happen in your life because he wants to use that to minister to other people. Pastor, how does that work? Here it is in your Bible, Romans 12, verse 1. I'm reading out of the Message Bible. This is Paul talking to the church at Rome. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you, watch this, take your everyday ordinary life, you're sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and watch this, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. In other words, you need to just surrender your life to him and allow him to work through your daily stuff. Whatever it is you're doing, make yourself available so when you come in contact with people, You're being his hands and feet. Anthony, it's wherever you go, bro. It's wherever you are. It's allowing the love of God just to love through you. And you say, well, pastor, how's that important? Here's why it's important. How many people live in our community? 8,000? 8,000? How many people are here today roughly, Marty? 258 people here today. I'm not much of a mathematician, but that means there's more out there than there are in here. So where does the light need to be? And Jesus is saying, go, shine, show them, take them hope, be the light of the world. And he uses your life experience, your everyday life to show them that. Listen to me. You don't need to have a church life and a rest of your life. In other words, I call it putting on your Jesus. You don't need to come on here Sunday morning and put on your Jesus face and then go out there and you're a completely different person. Your faith in Christ should inform your entire life. You should be the same out there as you are in here. It's just who you are. It should just be who you are. I'm a Christian and I happen to go to church here because the world needs that. Number three. And I'll close.
First, God uses your gifts and passions. Second, he uses your life experience. The third thing that God does is he uses your pain and your past. God uses your pain and your past. And I want to say this to you today. Many of you have spent your life running from your past. You need to lay your past before God and let him heal you and then allow him to use it to help other people. Why? Because there's people just like you that need the help that you have been given. There's people that have experienced situations like you have. Maybe they're going through it right now and you need to be able to share your pain and your past to help them be delivered. God allows those things to happen. So how does that work? 2 Corinthians 1, verses three through four. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is a merciful Father and he is the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all of our troubles. Why? Watch this. So that we can comfort other people. I'm gonna read that again. God comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. Boy, that is as crystal clear. It's just clear, isn't it? God loves you. And some of you right now, and I want you to, I want you to do this. I want you to think about where you were when God got a hold of you and where you are now. How many of you are thankful? Amen. God wants to be able to comfort you, but he wants you to turn around and be able to comfort others with the same comfort. Folks, we're either going to be the solution or we're going to be part of the problem. And if we want to see this country change, it is time for the church to get on our knees and seek him and then begin to walk out in this world that's dark and shine the light of Christ. And if we will do that, he'll change not only our, us individually, but he'll change our family, our church, our community, our state, and this country. It's time for us to do our part just for just a time as this. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the clarity of your word. And Lord, you've showed us how we are to respond in this world with things that are going on right now, Lord. That we're not to be overcome by darkness, but we're to overcome darkness with your light. Jesus, you have told us that we're the light of the world. You've placed that inside of us. Your Holy Spirit in us allows us to be that light that so many people need. Father, as we're here today, I just pray right now, Lord, that you would speak to each one of us. And I want to say this to you today. Nobody looking around. This is important. I know some of you may be here today because you are nervous about what's going on in the world. Maybe you're even questioning your relationship with God. Am I saved? Am I not saved? We need to get that right. There are some of you here today that are, that are believers, but the reality is you're walking around with the, your light hidden. And I don't say that. You, if, if you know me, you know me well enough to know I don't condemn anybody. But I want you to know today, maybe the people around you don't even know you're a believer. I don't say that to be mean to you. I just say because are you shining at all? The solution to the problems that all your friends, your family, 
your coworkers, strangers, all these people are needing this solution and, and it's on the inside of you, but you've locked that part of you away. Whether that's from guilt or sin, I want you to know the mercy of God, the grace of God is here. He's not mad at you. He just wants you to come home. He just wants you to shine. He just wants you to be the person he created you to be. I really sense the presence of God right now. If that's you, it's time. It's time to stop running. It's time to... It's time to stop being who you're not and allow the presence of God to change you, to to be that person. If you're here today and you're that person, you've been just running, you're a believer, but you just, you're just not where you need to be. No condemnation in this place. This is about hope and relighting that fire. If that's you today, you say, Pastor, that's me. I need to relight that fire. Just slip your hand up and say, that's me. Amen. Amen. I see your hands. Thank you for your honesty. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, you've never asked Jesus to be your Savior. You've never asked him to be your Lord, but you want to do that today. You just, you want to be, be a Christian. You want to allow God to save you. If that's you, just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. I've never done that. I want to do that today. Okay, I see your hand. Amen. That's good. Folks, we've had a number of people raise their hands this morning for both those things. There's probably people out here today that didn't raise their hand but knew they needed to. And I think today is the day that we let those people get it right. If you raised your hand and you want to get that relationship with God right, just come on down here to the front. I'm going to pray with you. No condemnation in this place. This is a good thing. If you, if you raise your hand, just come on. Amen. Amen. I want everybody to just stay in an attitude of prayer a moment. These folks coming down, we're going to pray with them today. Amen. Letting their light shine. Amen. Disappointed, his grace is greater still, and all of your wrong choices, and he's full of mercy, he is ever kind. Hear his invitation. His arms are open wide. You can come as you are with all your broken pieces, all your shameful scars. The pain
is a good father and he loves us so much let me say this and I'm going to dismiss you guys the way God looks at us it's not about what we do it's just about who we are you are his child you're his child you don't have to earn that you just are that Amen. So as you leave this place today, just be. Just allow the love of God to shine out of you. Just surrender yourself, Gala, every day when you're getting ready to leave. Lord, just today, here I am. Here I am. Just use me. Just use me. And it's as natural as breathing, y'all. It's just being. Amen. Fathers, we leave this place today. We know we're going out into a world with our family, our friends, and total strangers who need to know you. Lord, help us just to be aware of your presence, Lord. Father, help us to open our eyes and see. And Father, we just pray that you would use us to reach the people around us. And we thank you for that. And all God's people said, amen. All right, before you leave, point at three people and say, you're the light of the world. Y'all go have a good day. <laughs>